podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the Earth's most infrequent Star Trek podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. I'm a bit rusty. So am I. Mm-hmm. Bashir and O'Brien <laughs> spent this episode apart. Uh, welcome back, everybody. New year, new us. Hopefully we'll be getting you some episodes uh, soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're definitely going to be. We have uh, we have now. We've made a switch. So no, uh, after a poll from from your paying friends, from all the friends in the Patreon, have voted to uh, to give up two Enterprise episodes per month. They're going to still get two free ones, and uh, to guarantee two DS Nine episodes because of our our delinquency. <laughs> So, and we may do more, but now you're at least guaranteed to DS9 per month. Although yeah. I'll say, go ahead. We're, we're just here to trickle out content. Yes, just slowly trickle out content. I will say there was a, there was a debate, most people delightful on the fa- in the face group, um, our Facebook group. Um, and uh, it was just like, hey, whatever. And like, and, and most people were just delightful and understanding and always go back to the standard thing of like, you don't complain about not getting your free content. Um, every once in a while, there was someone who was just sort of like, oh, it really burns my butt. They're not getting it. Come on, what's up with them? And most people just say, hey, you're getting your free content. Um, but there was a debate about whether we were not getting the Patreon content out. The Patreon content was guaranteed it comes out on a weird schedule because we're both maniacs, but uh, you get your Patreon content guaranteed every month, and we always deliver that. FYI. Even if we had to bend space and time to get it out before the end of the month. I sure do. Get ready, Andy. February's coming. That's a short one. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. That's right. You know? Dude, thank you for days, the heads up. That's right. Less, yeah. less days to do stuff. Less that's days right. to talk about Trek, everybody. Uh, no, glad we're back. Uh, Andy's, uh, busy working and I'm busy not. So there's our scheduling snafus. <laughs> hey everybody. Happy New Year. <laughs> Huzzah. Hope, hope your holidays were great. Uh, I don't know that I can mark last year as a great year for me. Uh, I'm very hopeful about 23. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you better get, you better get going. What do you mean? It's just the beginning of the year. I got plenty of time. I'm going to turn it around. 19 days into this year already, and I <laughs> no, have yeah, yet I to see you have hasn't a great been time. promising thus far <laughs> yet, either. <laughs> but uh, as with most things I do, I'm like, yeah, I'll fix it, and whatever, the three-fourths of the way through the year. <laughs> All right. Andy, Battle Lines is the episode we're going to watch today, uh, or rather discuss today, and uh, let's see if uh, people should watch it. Andy, would you have them watch this episode? Oh yeah, He's shooting. There's Jonathan Banks. Shooting. That's true. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Yeah, I don't see. You don't have to skip it. Why not? 
Yeah, why would you skip it? There's only 20 episodes of the first season, so, I mean, watch most of them. Oh, interesting. A lot of people are sort of like, part of the reason I think people were frustrated about our, our, our slow development, also people people get prognosticating, like, this means you wouldn't get to finish this thing for 10 years, or whatever their, their breakdown was. But uh, Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but part of their... Part of the issue was that people are like, ah, just get to the good seasons, is this general sentiment. All right. We're going to skip the next two seasons, and uh, <laughs> next week we're back with season three, episode 16. I refuse. Uh, I don't even remember what that episode is. But anyway, yes. So that is uh, what we think about Battle Lines, which uh, has some fun. Boy, I'll tell you, that, it seems like the Gamma Quadrant, when that wormhole opens... Uh, it seems like uh, when you get to the other side, uh, there's nothing but plots. Right. Within within seconds of the opening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. It's like it just transport you into like, you know, most of space is empty, except apparently in the Gamma Quadrant at the other end of the wormhole, where it's <laughs> full of weirdos. Well, that's kind things. of, it's kind of the genius that I missed and why I didn't watch DS9. I was just like. Just fucking stationary. Why do I want it to this? But the wormhole is the thing of like, oh, we got to go just two inches in the wormhole. There's a whole new sector of space with a bunch of new crap in it. So look, here's what I like to say about uh, Deep Space Nine. It's a it, it's a lot. It's like Cheers in the sense that every week the plot comes through the airlock or the door or the well. In this case, or as in this episode, you can just peek your head out the door. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I look mean, at that plot like, out there. This was, this was this was the you know plot came through the airlock again, just yep. like every time you're watching Cheers, after Norm comes in, then the plot comes in. Um, but I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I agree with your general statement, but in this case, they did go through the airlock. They went outside. Yes, but the catalyst came through the airlock. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, uh, I stand corrected. Going. I accept that. The, right. They're happy to just sit around and do nothing all day. Sure. Cisco tries to get Bashir to go away. He doesn't because he wants yeah. to hang out with this uh, Kai. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll discuss that more. Uh, but we're going to talk about the last episode we watched, which was an no. episode that came nope. out all the way. Nope. In, uh, we'll do that in a little bit. Hang on. <laughs> but I'm just going to talk about we're going to talk about Vortex once we get into all the other things, But Admirals Club, here we go. Welcome to the Admirals Club. Matt, how do they get into this thing that we do right after we ask her they watch the episode? Just leave a five-star review wherever. Could be on a bathroom wall. Doesn't matter. Yeah, give us some press. If it's not on uh, Apple iTunes, uh, email it to us at sdtncpod at gmail. Uh, Is from... Thomas Riker, who says, the realest and most relatable famous nerds talking Trek. I think one of those one of those descriptive terms is not accurate about us, <laughs> uh, minimally. Uh, not only is this a Star Trek breakdown every episode at the 45 plus minutes mark, that's very generous, <laughs> generously low, but it's the precursor. So in my head, I was like, well, we're pretty real. And we're nerds. I don't understand what he's saying. You're more famous than I am. Certainly you're more famous nerd. For being a nerd, yes. Yes. Well, that's, you know, you got to be famous for something. 
Um, <laughs> no press is bad press. Um, but the precursor to that is a community who Andy and Matt give a platform to express their creativity, a voice to those less heard, and a level of comfort not achieved by many podcasts. So, quote, Your Honor, Starfleet was founded to seek out new life. Well, there it sits. And uh, there's a dash pointing at podcast. Yeah, it sits. <laughs> I like that he's pointing at the podcast when he says what a, what a What a, what a, what a, what a man full of passion who turned yeah. into uh, Picard season one and two. Look, season three is going to turn around. We're going to cover season three, uh, FYI, in the Patreon when it comes around. Uh, and then we will switch from two episodes of Voyager and two episodes Andy, of DS9. Don't confuse everybody. Why? Just let them know. Picard season three, we'll talk about it in the Patreon. Get over there as fast as you can. I don't know. I get, you're, See, the, you're not the one who has the to read all the things of like, wait, to... does that mean this? Does that mean that? Does that? What will happen to that? So that's why I'm always overly verbose in describing. Uh, what we'll be guaranteeing you is the don't is the bore Picard the regular episodes. audience. Don't yeah, bore that's Thomas fair. Riker. That is fair. Well, we don't know if Thomas Riker's in the Patreon. Um, uh, okay, another one. Boldly go. Do you like a well-run and totally professional podcast? Then move along. This one has a lot of music cues, like a lot, more than you think are possible. A lot of off-topic talk and Frank Sinatra. Come on. You read that right. Sinatra. Also has a lot of improv, really interesting insight about TV writing. <laughs> I looked up confused when I said improv. About TV writing and thoughtful talk about the show. Matt with his Trek knowledge and Andy with his andiness. Make this pod a delight. Cameos from Bo and Omar add to the delightfulness. So listen, you'll like it. Unless you're a real Jellico. Listeners of the show are also <laughs> among the most witty, clever, and artistic you'll find. They're equally deserving of a shout-out, Mosbeck. Um, and I kind of want to read those two because, you know, we're past the holidays. Uh, I want to say I agree with both these hails. We have a fantastic, <laughs> kind fan base. I'm not signing off. This isn't the last I episode. I'm, not, I'm just expressing gratitude, Matt. I'm not fully sure what's... What, I have no idea what's actually going on with Andy right now, so I don't know what you're getting up to on the internet with our fans, but, you know, I, I, reciprocal love is great. I'm glad that... You should dig in, Matt. Dig into the face group. Dig into the comments on Patreon. They're all nice, kind, pe- funny people. They're all people. wonderful people. As I've known for a very long time, the majority of Star Trek fans... I don't, you know, you're people. you're you're isolating Star Trek fans as a whole. There's some Star Trek fans that are dicks. I'm, I'll say it straight out. Our fans yeah, are 99 percent just awesome, sweet people. We've mostly weeded them out. Yeah, because you'd have to be an awesome, sweet person to put up with the nonsense <laughs> that is, that is that this is show. <laughs> we have we've we've picked our fan base through seeing who has the highest tolerance. That's right uh, of quirks and annoyances. Uh, and the last one is titled Fun Trek. This podcast is a delight, and I am so excited to write this to get admitted into the Admirals Club and finally go inside to see the decor. Are the robes handed out at the door? <laughs> and that's from Pen with an Enye and Pen with an Accent, uh, colon D. Answer to that question is just uh, take a look. You'll have a cubby assigned, and in the cubby is your robe. Oh, Nice. Don't forget to take off your shoes and put them in the cubby. You'll find the slippers in there as well. Are they command colors or do they vary depending on your, your crew level? 
they're just like an eggshell white. Oh. Yeah. Soft. Mostly Soft future from the Four Seasons. Hmm. Seems kind of chancy. Starfleet, <laughs> yeah. come on. What are you going to do? That's, that's the only that's the only pattern I found on the replicator. Uh, uh, you seem like someone who would know. This is Four Seasons have a pretty cushy uh, cushy robe. I don't know. I never. Uh-oh. I never partake in a robe. What? Uh, I mean, I don't either. But I would think you would be a real what? robe guy. <laughs> no, not a robe guy. Just I, you box, know, I only recently. I that was my general my sleepwear, but I only recently uh, have gotten into the idea of like a loungewear kind of a thing, like a sweatpant. Yeah. What? Made, really? Yeah, they've made some great advances surprised. in sweatpants since my youth. Well, certainly. And uh, let me tell you, I put on a hoodie like I'm wearing right now and some yeah. cozy sweatpants, and I feel like I'm wearing a body blanket. You I know, I got to tell you. I don't need a blanket after no. this. What's your sweatpant of choice? Uh, right now I'm wearing some, uh, what is it called? Vineyard Vines. Mm, nice. Um, I'm a velvet guy myself. Not 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 the- Oh, material or- yeah. No, I know. It's called velvet. Oh, well, there you yeah, go. I like it. Very soft. If you need to sponsor us, go for it. Yo, please. Can somebody please sponsor us? Um, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Uh, that is it for the uh, Admirals Club. Okay. And then we're going to go do the, the other thing. That Which I've after already... After I do this. And that was the Admirals Club. Yes, here it is. It's the President's Circle. It's a place where all of our patrons get together and uh, look down upon those who aren't here. And the President's Circle in particular also gets to look down upon those who aren't in the President's Circle. Uh, namely, you lieutenants. Guys, welcome. Lots of free content uh, available to everyone outside here. But there's a fuck ton of content inside the Patreon. Join us, won't you? Support the show. I don't have a job. This is my job. Please support the show. It's really desperate. Guys. <laughs> Never seen it like this. Can you please support the show? Not an attractive side. <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you want. Let me know. I'll do it. <laughs> you can't see him. He's on his knees. I find it distasteful. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Andy uh, and I like to give you uh, priority one access to the messages, things that we read on the show. Uh, you guys get first dibs. Andy will occasionally find a message he likes the most or that he feels the best about and award it the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Who's getting it this week? I picked a simple one from David Sidhu, uh, who... Um who pointed out a thing about uh, the? I was baffled, but uh, and I think there was uh, there's an explanation somewhere in these comments about Odo hiding as a glass um, at the beginning of the last episode, and uh, he asked the simple question: Would would you find it gross to drink liquid that had been inside of Odo as a glass? <laughs> question: Did he make the liquid? 
Or is it liquid that that Quark poured into Odo? Because I'd feel differently about, you know, liquid that originated. Right. Are you drinking Odo is your question. Yes. Yes. Because I'm less inclined to drink Odo. In the parameters of this question, I'm assuming that you are drinking liquid that had been inside Odo as opposed to liquid that was Odo. Liquid that had been inside Odo rather than liquid that was Odo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd do it. Sure. I'd be weirded out. I mean, I'm not going to. Would not you gonna, find it gross? I'm not going to think it's a regular day at the office if I'm drinking out of <laughs> He's Odo, asking, but... would you think it was gross? And I would think it was a little gross. Although it's I gross. have to assume, I have to assume Odo with a shape-shifting ability is part of it is to keep cleanly all the time. <laughs> we hope. We would hope. We don't know. I don't know. I don't know That's also doing. fair. Yeah, who knows? Okay. Priority one messages. Mm, I'm familiar with those. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Andy, what's happening? Kamaraki playing Dabo without knowing the rules at Quark's. Again, uh, we're talking about Vortex. This is the episode where a fugitive from the Gamma Quadrant attempted to trade evidence about Odo's people uh, for his freedom. Kamaraki says, an Odo episode where you don't really get answers about Odo. Enjoy this being repeated until season three. Not that I dislike Odo episodes, but I remember getting frustrated at the lack of real answers when I watched the series back when it aired. That's fair, and I remember the same feelings. Yeah. Um, and also, I think that's a good, not that I will remember, you guys know me, but uh, that's a good thing to kind of give me a little bit of a, give give you guys a little bit of a stopgap on, on my expectation level. Although I will certainly be bothering Matt on. But what about this? Uh, I can't do that. Uh, don't give me spoilers. Um, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison says, Matt, uh, I really like the idea of releasing the Picard pods into the main feed. Oh, and the other older Patreon apps. If you do one or two a month, you will never run out. Uh, yeah, I said I would do that, and I haven't done that. Were you planning to do it before the release, just to kind of prime them? Yeah, before Picard came oh, out. Which better I get on feel it. Like I have to do it now. But should we? I don't know, we'll talk about this after the pod. Um, let's see. Dratsum, you know, is that a pun? Uh, says I think Matt has a good had a good idea about putting their Picard season one and two reviews on the main pod. His reasoning is exactly how I found this amazing podcast in the first place. After finishing season one of Picard, I was looking to find out if I was crazy or not for thinking it was terrible. Found TNC and haven't stopped <laughs> listening. I will not be watching season three, but for sure will be listening to what Matt and Andy have to say about it. So I I wanted to read this because I really honestly was just like, don't put those things out. That's just. Uh, well, we get is a bunch of people being mad that we're we're slamming Picard. So I'm glad that we got at least one person. No, I I don't I don't think so. I think I honestly I, look if you liked Picard season two one and two, God bless like for finding joy in that. Like way to go! I'm proud of you as a human being for being able to do that, but. Um, I think the rest of us were just like are just confused. Yeah, and and you and I spent three hours every week. 
trying to figure out what the fuck was happening. <laughs> it is interesting. We talk often about just like, ah, eh, sometimes the one the episodes that are worse of the show are better for the pod. And I think these almost sort of uh, uh, like bypassed like both or transcended both in that they were just, they were both, we didn't enjoy them and we were confused the whole time. So it was just you and I trying to figure it out the whole time. I lost my mind. It was also a lot of me going like, no, Andy, we saw the first season. They're not going to pay this off. Yeah, and me just going like, that's not possible. Yeah. These are professional television <laughs> writers. What are you talking about? Anyway, you'll be getting a taste soon. I think we should do tiny little wraparound pieces to them. Maybe not the end, but at least the beginning is a setup. Meaning like record, hey, this is what this is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, Corey. Yeah, go ahead. No, I Corey. Says, no, I think I agree. I agree. No, yeah, no, no what? what I'm saying huh? is I agree. Sorry? No, yeah? I agree. No, what? I think that's okay, right. right. I think that's okay, what... yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Corey. In other words, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> Which? Thank you. Okay. Great job. <laughs> Who's Corey? <laughs> Corey, 1701, uh, says uh, simply, find the sound cue, my nipples. <laughs> I was um, thinking about that sound cue yesterday uh, <laughs> for no reason. It just popped into my head. Do I have it? Where is it? That's a good question. Hmm. Are you hearing any background rummaging? I think my, my, my neighbors. Nipples. There you go. No, I'm not hearing any. Okay, good. Because at first I was like, do I I'm have not like hearing the- that. I'm not hearing through the microphone that everyone else is listening to. So oh. they might be hearing it. I don't know. I don't is it in your headphones? Put your, head- <gasps> put your other headphone on. <laughs> I can't. I think it's certainly less in my headphones, but I can't tell if it's not. Well, Whatever the case. It's probably I thought. I thought I either had the biggest squirrel ever running around the outside of my house uh, preparing to kill me or rats or something. Um, but I, I realized it's probably just my neighbor who does a lot of night work. It's also raining. What a <laughs> night kook. work? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. They're always doing stuff around their house. Their, their, backyard, uh... is, their backyard is beautiful, I do have to say. Um, it's all that night work, I guess, huh? Night work. <laughs> Night work. <laughs> um, Neil Studd says, what the cold open was trying to show was, this is the explanation, four glasses on the tray. Odo looks at them. Camera pans to Rom. Pans back to the tray. There are five glasses. It was far too subtle. I only made the connection when Odo later rematerialized from the glass. Um, Very... Far too subtle. Kind of almost dumb that that is the open. It's like, ah, now there are more. You, you were keeping track of the glasses. Now there are more glasses. You all do the math. Just not my not nipples. A good, not a good opening. But I'm glad at least there's an explanation why they were making it so important feeling. Um, Robert McFadden adds, a, adds to that. Uh, I think Odo is not only a shapeshifter, but also a plot shifter. Not a person who can shift the plot, <laughs> but one that plot the plot shifts in abilities. Kind of like Counselor Troy. She can do it until next week when she can't. I mean, that's fair. It's a fair assessment of Odo so far. It is. Well, there hasn't really been a situation this far into the show where we've been like, why doesn't Odo just turn into blank? Uh huh. So I'm, I'm, I, those moments are, I'm sure, to come. But so far, 
Well, party. his party tricks have been consistently party tricks and like not useful. Yes, I mean, there's been a in cup- a fight. Who do you really want a fifth glass in a fight? I don't. <laughs> what does that prove? I'm just saying, like nothing that he's done so far has made me go. Well, why does he just do that all the time? Oh yes, that's true. But I do feel like, based on what is being implied about his powers. Um, and this was like my question about the rocks falling on him. And I think someone had proposed like, well, he was caught off guard. And I'm like, all right. But I feel like, you know, it's like, well, anytime you're in a fight, you should win in the same way that data should always win in a fight. You can just Mr. Fantastic your way into defeating them. Um, Joe Moore says, hi guys, with regard to the UT, UK, sorry, UK, chart song young at heart by the bluebells this always enjoy some of the explanation of what the crap was going on in the uk this was a reissue of the band's small hit from 1984 which was originally performed by bananarama the previous year the reason it became uk number one for four straight weeks uh almost 10 years later even though the band had already split up it was a feature in a tv commercial for a new vw uh, golf, which I have, but I don't think it's going to play because we'll just hear the song. Uh, so if you're wondering what uh, what's up with our weird taste in music each week, chances are there was a catchy commercial out around the same time. Love the pod. Thanks for everything you do. <laughs> and I and I remember when that I makes sense, I guess when I had a semester in London, I think the same thing happened with Should I Stay or Should I Go, which was in a uh, was in a commercial, and then it was suddenly number one again. Um. So those Brits, uh, John Horner. I mean, look, they, had, they had three. They had three channels. Yeah, you know, everyone saw the same commercials. Makes sense. I wonder if we're going back to that. What do you mean? Going? We're going back to three channels. Like less less channels less areas of or maybe they're all streamers but they'll be like disney plus like something two other ones um just because there's so much content and everything is struggling i mean i just uh it's up to you it's up to you andy i think you're the one who makes the decisions on these things i am the president of hollywood (laughs) i was duly elected um, John Horner says, here is a general question about command codes that I've been trying to wrap my head around. We have seen time and time again command codes being used to lock or to take over a ship, e.g. Moriarty. What happens if a captain has an issue where they forget the codes? Realistically, there isn't any Starfleet help desk to help them reset their codes. I can't see Cisco or Picard forgetting their recently changed codes and hailing Starfleet com- IT, command IT support to ask for a password reset as how would they prove they say uh, who they are? They can't do biometrics to confirm identity, as Will and Thomas Riker are a thing, and Data and the other androids can mimic voice recognition. Other data can also be faked as well. These are the things that I ponder when trying to sleep. I think you you have just um, given Lower Decks a new bit. Wait a minute. In enjoy, yeah. In Star Trek Two, it was a retinal scan for Admiral Kirk. Yeah. No, didn't they? Didn't they? Didn't Spock look up the command codes? 
Oh, the ship command codes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but they're looking up Reliance command codes. Yeah. But how are they able to do that? There must have been I a think, bunch of things they did. Well, I mean, it's flagship of the Federation. And you have an admiral on board? So that probably they can like, just probably, they can just do it to any ahead. other. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be a problem <laughs> normally. <laughs> There's and not always you, a maniac at the helm of the other starship. I think it should not it shouldn't be a problem. Khan did pretty well in that fight. He's you got to right. give him props. Uh, Andy Wiper says, Hey, Matt and Andy, I know you point out that Odo is not a great security officer, but I recall a couple of occasions when he took Cisco to task for hamstringing him with Starfleet rules, preventing him from doing his job effectively. Also, I don't think it's a giant leap that he would begin to bend the rules. In captive sur- sur- pursuit... In captive pursuit, he is ready to throw up force fields to contain Tosk and O'Brien until Cisco suggests there's no rush. Uh, I feel that the writers have certainly sown seeds that he's not flex, uh, not inflexible. Anyway, I hope Mac can get some ointment for those nipples. Great show, guys. <laughs> Thank you. My nipples! Um, Jeffy Sung, uh, our old friend... <laughs> Um, he uh, that better be who Red Spider's playing in season three. He reminded me that uh, he started it, or somebody started. I think he started it. Uh, a TNC Reddit, also in addition to our Facebook face group, um, and it's still active. And he I've was requesting a shout out. A TNC Reddit, huh? I've always said there should be a TNC. <laughs> you were always demanding it. <laughs> And uh, it's at r slash sttnc appropriately. I'm so. gonna go. I'm gonna go like like a bunch of things. You'll delight them. Luckily, well, my username on Reddit is Matt Myra. So, oh great! I don't know if I have a Reddit name. Um, that is it for the priority one messages. Okie dokie. Let's get back out into that hallway. <laughs> Captain, we are being hailed. Hailed. Tony Amici writes us, hails us. Um, Oh, this is perfect. Hey, from Brooklyn, Andy and Matt. Currently riding the Q train. Figure that it might be Andy's old stomping grounds. I'm not sure if you're still doing the ale bag since I'm listening to season three at this point with you guys back in 2018, 2019. so long ago. I know. Talking about being excited for conventions next year <laughs> and being so excited about Discovery and shows of the future. That's how long it was. How long ago it was. Uh, to be, to be uh, optimistic again. Yeah, that was before you were even in the fold of Discovery. Uh, I've never been a podcast guy, but one of my friends, Caesar, is doing a full watch through of all of Trek for the first time, starting with TOS to the animated series to uh oh one to five one to six and now tng so he's i've watched release order yeah uh i uh, had watched tng first run but haven't seen a lot of the episodes since then so i decided i wanted to listen to a podcast while he was doing it i found you guys and love all the discussions and rapport i tried a couple of other podcasts but you guys have been the best uh, I've always felt strongly about spoilers, but also like fucking with people. I convinced my friend that Crusher was gone after season one and that Pulaski was a doctor for the rest of the run. 
He's just. <laughs> oh, it's interesting. You enjoyed that one. I was like, oh, that seems like kind of an innocuous. Uh, <laughs> I'm messing with someone, but you got Matt on board. <laughs> I, just, um, I just like the thought of being so so unaware of TNG's happenings that like you have no image in your head of Beverly Crusher beyond season one. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, oh, I guess I guess it's Pulaski from here on out. This is certainly reasonable. Good for you. Uh, he's just come up to Best of Both Worlds Part 1, and he's been writing one-sentence reviews of every episode. Oh, interesting. Mm. An example from a recent episode. Uh, Spock's dad goes fucking nuts in his old age and subscribes to Fox News Online Edition in a fit of anger. Our <laughs> crappy space terminators decide to zip across the galaxy to give Picard's face a makeover, and also <laughs> Starfleet couldn't do a worse job of forcing Riker to be captain, but the Borg sure did. Um, I tried to convince him that Picard was gone and Riker was the captain now, but it didn't work as well as Pulaski. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> looking forward to hearing this when I finally catch up to the current episode in two years. Hope everything's going well. Back from, bye from back in season three. Uh, Tony, I'll be very interested to hear if you've gotten up to this point in our run at some point in the future. Um, and now Man, we... Life. We have a voice hail from uh, a friend of the show, uh, Drew DeFonzo Marks. Um, and uh, I guess just hit it. I think it's self-explanatory. Andy, what's up? It's your old buddy, Drew DeFonzo Marks. Um, anyhow, I texted you this, and you told me to call into the podcast to leave a message. So here it is. Uh, anyhow... Uh, next month, I am once again going on the official Star Trek cruise. Uh, I've done this once before. <clears throat> Never been to a uh, Star Trek event of any kind. Never did a cruise before. Decided to start here, and I gotta tell you, those seven days were the best six months of my life. Honestly, <laughs> it was just great. So I'm doing it again next month, um, and I wanted to offer to you or Matt or really, uh, the TNC listeners, mm. If there's anything they wanted to know, I mean, you're going to have a TNC uh, listener on oh the Oh, my ship. God, field um, reporter. Is there any, like, yeah. thing they've been on the fence about? Or, like, oh, could I just know this detail? Or, oh, I wonder about that. And I would be, uh, no guarantees, no promises, but I'll be there. And I'll have free time in my hands. Good so, uh, yeah, I'll be able to help some people out. Um, if it's something like, um, oh, my God, can you get Brent Spiner to make a video for my wife? Uh, no, that's, uh, no, of course not. <laughs> Anyhow, offering it. it to uh, the world, this might blow up in my face, and I might be uh, just sitting in the hot tub and totally forget to do this, but there it is. Anyhow, uh, bye. Drew, I don't think you should offer this to the world. You should just offer this to Matt and Andy and uh-huh. be our official Star Trek TNC beat reporter. <laughs> I mean, I think that would be delightful. I think it's just uh, you know, do, think- just to say in general what's going on, that's what you're looking for. Oh no no no! What I'm what I'm looking at is like I'm, it, you know, we've got a month here to like get questions sort of in order. Uh huh. It's never gonna happen. And make him ask them and record the voice memo. Well, all right. You know what I mean? Or if he doesn't want to, you know, if he doesn't feel comfortable recording it, like yeah. voice memoy, his best recollection of what their answer was, I'll sure. be satisfied with. Yeah. I'd also like um, him to call in, uh, ship to shore, you know, that yeah. expensive line. <laughs> <laughs> you want an immediate. <laughs> I mean, I would love it. We definitely will air them. 
I would like you to be fighting other men in suits running into booth phone booths to make the report. <laughs> <laughs> With your TNC scoop hat on. Oh God! Please get a get yourself a nice uh, fedora with a with a with a TNC press thing sticking out of the top. That's funny. um. Anyway, if you <laughs> what story I remember the last. It's wild to me that you're like, I had such a great star trek cruise that i'm doing it again he was obsessed he loved it so much i'm like what did he love about it what was well, like, he can he can tell you vibe? i don't you know he just he loves the people he loves the show how does drew feel like how would how would drew compare to our sensibilities He's from the improv world, so he has, you know, he's he's a legitimate comedic personality. He's okay. He's cynical. He's sarcastic. He's a. He's a. I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to characterize you wrong. But, no, no. But what, but, but, but what I'm asking. <laughs> but he's like he's he's in a ska. He's in ska bands. He's a musician. He's like. You know. would, would he be like? Would you think that like? Does he like people more than we do? Yes, definitely. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's why he liked Star Trek. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> Just like, I don't want to be people. He's Mostly a much more wanna... amiable, open personality than we are. Yeah. He's cynical, but I mean, he's, look, he's much more. If I get if I if I were on a Star Trek cruise, yeah. Like if I happened to just be forced on a Star Trek cruise somehow, I'd, I'd I'd be so great to everybody who encountered me. You are you are a fantastic paid guest for sure not even not even no not even paid like just even in my off time wandering around said ship i yeah all right, that's fair i'm i'm a good time I'd be but a that's a fun. circumstance and you're the only way that would happen is if you were somehow assigned to do it which no, would no, be no i'm paying i'm gig. discussing this in the form of like magical circumstance i see yes <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like not not that i'm not that i'm moderating panels but that i've just somehow been forced to be on a star trek cruise right <laughs> i have no no I'm not expected to put on any panels or anything like that. I'm just in the mix with the crowd. I think... Well, it's the kind of thing Matt fights all the time. But if anybody wants to hire both of us to go on a cruise, I would be excited. But only one of us could actually go, because I don't have a job. I don't... You know, we can work that out. No, I don't think you should go. You don't want me to go. That's, what, that's, that's right. what's clearly going on here. You want to be the king, and you know I... I'm going to... I'm going to challenge you. I want to be, I'm the, gonna be the king of the ship. ship king. <laughs> I won't be the king of any ship. Is there a casino? What, the only thing I remember... I'll be, in, I'll be in that. One of the things I remember from the last... I know he sent me a picture of him and Jerry Ryan. Sure. Um, and he also... Uh, he also sent me... A, yeah, because as soon as he got on the ship... And this delighted me no end someone was so excited about being on the ship for the first time that they yelled, Secunda! Ha-ha! And he ran over to him, and he got him doing it on video, and then I I think I missed... A person yes. <laughs> walked on to the Star Trek cruise. This is my understanding of the story. Maybe and I yelled Secunda yes. arbitrarily just out of nowhere as the as the joyful exclamatory that is fucking beautiful that and, is correct uh, a true fan of the show and then he ran over and said what and talked to him and then he, he recorded him saying it and he sent it to me so if 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 either drew or i can find it i will post it on the instagram 
Um, I hope Secunda guy returns to the cruise. I mean, I would hope so. Because he had like such high hopes when he walked on board. Also, if you're listening and that was you, uh, get, let let us know who, who you were, and I'll, we'll give you a shout out. Um, if you would, if you would, <laughs> Matt has his own plan for Drew. Drew can decide to do what he wants. If you want to reach out to Drew on on Instagram, it's Drew. Defonzo Marks, D-I-F-O-N-Z-O-M-A-R-K-S. Um, and thank you, Drew, for uh, offering to be our uh, our eyes and ears, if that is, in fact, what you're doing. And I'm not misinterpreting. I want him to, like, wear the... Uh, remember in Star Trek uh, Generations when all the reporters are shoving recorder things into uh, <laughs> yes. William Shatner's face? Yes. I want him to cosplay as one have... of Old I want him to cosplay things. as one of them. <laughs> I mean, I I do too, for sure. Um, do you want to dig out the uh, uh, Nacho's face group um, thing? Do you need a second? I can go on to a to a different thing and circle back. You know what's funny is I have all the face groups. Photoshop Matt with Data's cat. And who put Andy's face on that? Just take a look. It's on Facebook. It's in our face group. Got a lot of places to talk to TNC fans. We have a Discord uh, that I think you can connect to through the Patreon or without, although there are different sort of sections you can talk to. And the face group is a perennial favorite filled with delightful people. Uh, I have not given it its due in a long time, and I wanted to. And uh, I always I, say I should get in on that Discord. Yeah, well, that was, you you claimed to. I you claimed like up. you were going to, yeah. And then someone actually set it up correctly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I sort were... of thought I set it up correctly, and then I, I'm going on it right now, Andy. All right. Who is going on it? I'm going to tell people I'm recording live. Yeah. And see if anyone has any live questions. That was exciting. Welcome to the messy show. <laughs> Thomas Gill uh, from the face group. Wait a minute. Yes. You're in the face group section I think I of the show. I think I might have screwed this up. Oh, no. That's not like us at all. <laughs> uh, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to this instead. Uh, I tried to. Oh, no. Oh, this is oh. it. Uh, oh no! Oh, I screwed this up entirely. I, 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 I cut and pasted. And now I don't know who sent me this wonderful thing. I think it's, I think it's Thomas Gill. Ugh! All right, I'm gonna have to sort this out. Um, so I'm just gonna skip on to something else for the meantime. Um, on Twitter. Bob, uh, wait, we at, don't have a Twitter's theme. Uh, yeah, what are you doing to us? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You want me to stick with this and let, Guys, make them we wait need until a I figure Twitter it out? Theme? No, no, no. I'm just saying we need okay. a Twitter theme, everyone. <laughs> it will only be played probably once, and then we'll forget it. To our newer listeners, thank you for trying us once. Um, <laughs> what's that? It's a, it's a voice channel on uh oh is that the you you can hear the discord the, am yeah. i accidentally am i talking to discord now no i'm not i am so this crazy. is not good i should be recording we're like twitch this is like we a twitch are, channel that we, we just record twitch. all the audio for we're twitching that we we're twitchy we can't stay on topic we are twitchy 
Okay, Bob, uh, at A Ziggy Zumba uh, tweeted at us, listening to episode four now, if Odo can see from everywhere, he should also be able to smell, hear, and taste from everywhere too, right? He should also be able to pee from everywhere. <laughs> it's also true. And then Ken Molay, our old friend, uh, replied to that, more importantly, is every part of his body an erogenous zone? <laughs> also valid um thomas gill <laughs> you may want to turn off the sounds unless it's uh valid it's, it's, it's I, I, I don't I, I can't uh thomas gill writes hey matt and andy in vortex you were speculating how odo was able to de- decrease his mass so he can be transported around as a glass uh, in, vor- uh, in Vortex or a duffel bag, an emissary or fly or an immovable rock or any of the myriad things we see him transform into um, I recall this coming up in one of the DS9 novels couldn't tell you which one because I only read a few of them but it came down to changelings being able to shunt their mass into another dimension it isn't well explained but if changelings have the ability to offload their mass perhaps as Higgs boson particles to the surrounding environment or even another dimension, it would make sen- a lot of sense in universe. If it is just Higgs boson, am I pronouncing that correctly? Then the area around him could have marginally more gravity because of it that most people won't notice. Then he could absorb the particles when he reforms and needs the mass. And with artificial gravity on the sh- station or sh- or a starship or the massive gravity on a planet going both directions could hardly be noticeable. As for Gordon Clapp, he played the Rakari in the Gamma Quadrant that Cisco and Dax met, and I never even realized it was him until you mentioned him, as I loved NYPD Blue. The twins that stole the item and one uh, and one was killed by Croton, Cliff Young, was played by Randy Oglesby, who has a ton of Star Trek credits through TNG through Enterprise. As always, keep up the good work, Thomas. Yes, I'm writing this on Christmas morning as I have to work today. It is going to be fun helping people connect their new devices to the internet. Happy face emoji sideways. <laughs> uh, I can't tell if that's sarcasm or not, but I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I don't even know what I'm doing, Andy. I got to get off of this Discord thing. It I'm took me a while to even get a sense, and I never really I'm, nailed I'm it down. But I do buttons. think you should. I think they would be delighted, and I think you should figure it out. And also. I think Machiko is the uh, is the one. If you want to reach out to him on our Patreon, Micho, Micho, that's it. Sorry, Micho is Micho and Rob Garrison are the only two people online right now on that Discord. <laughs> well, talk to Micho. Micho will walk you through it all. Help, Micho. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, sorry. It's Apologies, okay. Ricardo Vargas. Hails us. Uh, hi, Matt and Andy, Omar, and Bo. On the last, on the last less important non-Patreon episodes, my tweet was mentioned about the <laughs> longest podcast episode I listened to this year. This was actually a recap from Pocket Casts, not Spotify. Ah. I then downloaded Spotify and couldn't find you guys there. Just want to clarify and also so mention your Spotify. So yes. So there were directions that I sent you if you care to get us on Spotify because I couldn't figure it out because I'm an idiot. You sent Hope. us directions on how to get to Spotify? Uh, yes, and I'll never find them again. Hope you follow the rule of acquisition number nine. Opportunity plus instinct instinct equals profit. Who's um, talking? Is that you, Andy? Are you telling me that rule? 
Yes, from memory, I'm quoting that rule of acquisition. Oh, all right, that's fair. Uh, that is from Ricky. Um, and, uh, and then Ricky adds, P.S. Matt, don't feel bad about the delay in episodes. Still waiting about five years for the next episode of Talk Salad. Sideways emoji, emoji oh. winky face. A filmy girl writes us, Vortex episode of the podcast, uh, catching up uh, after a in long time. fairness, trip- I will say, in November of 2017, when Rust and uh, Gorley and I said we would do a podcast called Indiana Jonesing. Yes. Um, where... We uh, we're going to. Hey, no plugging, no plugging of other podcasts. I'm just saying. Of course, these things take years to eventually happen. (laughs) Sure. Um, I'm sure it'll be delightful. I hope I'll be invited on as a guest at some point. Have me on for the. I don't know. We're really doing guests. Have me on for the Last Crusade episode because uh, that certainly will be a hot one. No, I'll have a lot of fucking, opinions. You're fucking Last Crusade hater. I know. Don't you need I a only counter? Want boosters. I want boosters, baby. Don't Get me booster gold. Um. Oh, please don't do this to me, you dumb thing. All right, you can come on. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the dumb thing, Matt. I didn't mean you. Finally, I'm not the dumb thing. I'm gonna wake up Henry and tell him, "Hey, pal, <laughs> Dad's not the dumb thing." Dada, not dumb thing. <laughs> um. All right, here it is. It's from oh, it's from David Sidhu, who's already gotten his his day in court. But um, David Sidhu sent us this thing, or I, he didn't send it to us. I just was was trolling the face group and I and I founded it I founded it what is wrong with me what is happening to you my brain is melting down David Sidhu said still doing an impression of Henry I really feel like I am I think Henry is 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 more adept verbally than I am um uh David said uh, I tried to get chat GPT uh to settle this age-old debate I find all of the AIs recently to be terrifying but i bow down before our overlords and want to do everything i can to help them fyi um okay so this is what david asked him was that david or you that was me um (laughs) i'm sorry i didn't do my leno voice for me um so this is what david david wrote to the chat gpt have you played around with it at all matt no i'm good yeah it's terrifying based on everything you know about star trek what would you say is the first duty of every Starfleet officer? <laughs> and ChatGPT responds, The first duty of every Starfleet officer is to explore the unknown, to seek out new life and new civilizations, and to boldly go where no one has gone to before. In addition to this, Starfleet officers are expected to uphold the values and principles of the United Federation of Planets, including the promotion of peace, justice, and equality among all beings. They are also responsible for protecting the Federation and its member worlds from threats both internal and external. And then David follow, has a follow-up question for the chat GPT. You don't think their first duty is to the truth? <laughs> 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 and chat GPT responds, 
While truth and honesty are certainly important values for Starfleet officers to uphold, I do not believe that they are considered to be the first duty of every officer. The exploration oh of... God. Isn't it crazy? The no, exploration no, of the... upset with how stupid this chatbot is. No, to me, it's it, this is this is the, the final evidence that they are our, our new leaders and we must follow what they say. The exploration of the unknown and the protection of the Federation are typically considered to be primary duty, the primary duties of a Starfleet officer. However, this is not to say that truth and honesty are not valued within the organization. In fact, many Starfleet officers, including Captain John Luke Picard of the USS Enterprise, are known for their strong moral code and commitment to truth and integrity. <laughs> so to me, this is, I mean, this is the final evidence. And you know what? I, I you got me on your side, AIs. I think I you, you, you see with a clearer vision than many of us. <laughs> chatbot wrong. <laughs> Picard right. You know, Janeway also right. Janeway said it too. Yeah, she did. Um, both questionable to me. I saw, I saw, I saw um, Admiral Jellico uh, giving orders to Janeway on that uh, on that Star Trek Prodigy, and I was like delighted. That Jellico <laughs> got his promotion at some point. <laughs> I feel like I'm swerving more toward because people keep saying that they. Someone said that they were bawling at the in one of the last episodes of of Prodigy. So I'm I'm getting closer to going. All right, let's let's put that in the Patreon mix. Um, but we'll see. We got a lot of other stuff to cover. Filmy girl. Sorry, I teed it up and then I didn't get to it. Uh, hails us catching still up in at, the face group. Hang on, hang on. Is it still in the face group? No, this is that. Face group section is over? Yes. This is the end of the Facebook section for Star Trek, the next conversation. I thought I should bring it to your attention. No, not to the rest of the programmation. Okay. Filmy Girl says, catching up after a long trip overseas regarding the Ferengi. I remember a family friend in the 90s who was in the Foreign Service going on and on about how the Ferengi were the Space Saudis. This was based on his own experiences working in the Gulf. I definitely appreciate that the casting of predominantly Jewish actors like Wallace Shawn leads to some people sensitive to these things to conclude the Frankie are meant to be space Jews. But I wanted to share that memory uh, of our family friend convinced they were space Saudis for all the same stereotype reasons, especially treatment of women. There are limited returns on drawing uh, direct parallels with fictional races but i've come to see the frangie simply embodying the role of the uh, diaspora merchant class i.e indians in africa the chinese in south asia southeast asia jews in europe etc the greedy stereotypes and prejudice against this class carry across different cultures in pretty consistent ways um best filmy girl um yeah a lot of people sort of had just to be clear anything that i've been saying is not to say <laughs> that I think the Ferengis are are equatable to, to Jews. I was saying that the the question in my head is what was intended um, in terms of reenacting caricatures. And I maintain that I do think th- if you look at the caricatures if, at the beginning of the last century, particularly in France, um, it's just irrefutable. Just do a Google search that that it's like that, that everything fits into the Frankies. I think like, the Saudi thing in terms Google of how they treat their women no, because no. you'll be like two clicks away from a QAnon. So that's stop, also don't, that's also don't fair. Google search yes. that. I think the space Saudi thing is an interesting uh, point, uh, and I think you're definitely right, filmy girl. 
that a lot it's it's sort of a, a slippery slope and it's all like well you know people with a certain you know perspective are going to view it in a certain way i think that it's definitely there whether it was intended by anyone roddenberry anyone in the process as being intentionally coded to jews as some recent things that i've sort of talked about are obviously intentionally being coded to make a point i have no idea i have never heard any evidence that specified it i guess i'm just saying it's in the ether and i think that the ether supports that those are definitely feel very similar to the other things but i have no idea whether that was conscious or unconscious is this our first assignment for drew to get to the bottom of (laughs) is that what he's going to be asking everyone (laughs) on the cruise (laughs) find iris steven bear and corner him Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but if you ask them, they're going to go, no, of course not. And we love the no, Ferengi. Ira, not... Ira Stephen Bear would fucking tell you whatever the Oh, yeah? Is he was straight out? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there you go. He's, he's a Starfleet officer in that way, you know? He's committed <laughs> to the truth. You mean he's committed to protecting the values of the... Uh... <laughs> no, um, uh, Okay. That's it. Uh, if you would like to send us a hail, you can send it to sdtncpod at gmail.com. Uh, please put the uh, title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. Um, if you'd like to tweet or Instagram DM Matt Myra, it's at Matt Myra. Uh, if you, my Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda for as long as that lasts. And if you'd like to send us a voice hail along with Drew, send it to 816-TREK-TNC. Um, and if you have more than three minutes of something to say, you can uh, go blow. Email an audio file. Email no, a voicemail. Don't, I don't. I don't encourage you to, Look, to do you anything find over Iris a minute. Bear somewhere, and you. Ask oh yeah, sure. Oh for sure, for sure. If you <laughs> if you have a all right. Look. Yeah, that's a different here's thing. What I'm if you if you have a, a person that's worthy of your own little mini podcast within <laughs> our podcast, we welcome it. <laughs> Frequencies close, sir. Ha ha, I got in under an hour. <laughs> we crossed many doors to many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. So plug DNC in your little Borg node. Let's talk about this week's episode. Plug it indeed. Oh. All right, this is Battle Lines, which aired uh, the 25th of April, yeah. 1993. Andrew. What's happening? The number one alternative song is I Feel You by Depeche Mode. Number uh, one. That's two weeks in a row, I believe. Right? Oh, okay. Then number one song in the U.S. is Informer by Snow, and the number one song in the U.K. is Young at Heart by the Bluebells. I leave it to the master DJ to decide Wait, which. I'm just going to give you a little Depeche Mode, and then we'll. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, number one movie in decent in decent proposal. Number one TV show that week. Cheers. Matt's fave. Oh, I mean, Woody Harrelson's having the fucking best week ever. Is that when he joined? No, he's he's in Cheers and Indecent Proposal. Number oh, one movie so and TV show. Oh, my God. You're so right. Way to go, Woody Harrelson. 
Um, events. Also, I think he played bass for Depeche Mode. <laughs> <laughs> events. Uh, Conan O'Brien is named as David Letterman's replacement. I remember that quite well. As do I. Boris Yeltsin is elected leader of Russia. Uh, tennis player Monica Seles is stabbed courtside by a stalker Oof. of her opponent, Steffi Graf. Time Magazine cover, The Truth About Dinosaurs, Everything You Believe is Wrong. Jesus. I wonder what they were saying. Calm down, everyone. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and then we have some Elsewhere in Trek, if you want to rack that up. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite sound that I can always, almost never find in time. Hmm. Elsewhere in Trek. God dang it. Where is you can it? Just do it on the fly if you want. Yeah, I could, but it's not as good as this. Elsewhere in Trek. Let's see what's out there. Engage. On April 26, TNG aired The Chase. Uh, accordingly, during the events of Battle Lines, the Enterprise was in the Volterra Nebula studying protostar development. Meanwhile, Professor Richard Galen was on his way to visit his old student, Jean-Luc. Behind the scenes, um, TNG Season 6 had wrapped on April 23rd, so the cast and crew were probably starting some well-earned downtime. Or they were... Shit face at the rap party. Yeah. Typical. <laughs> Typical Hollywood. <laughs> Get your acts together, uh, TNG crew and cast. Uh, okay, so that said, I will now give you the brief synopsis from Memory Alpha. A runabout carrying Kai Opaka crashes on a planet of eternal war where it's impossible for the combatants to die. Teleplay by Richard Dannis and Evan Carlos Summers with a story by Hilary J. Bader and directed by Paul Lynch. Paul Lind? Paul Lind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to do another take. <laughs> more spacey guys we need snap zooms (laughs) (laughs) we're so old (laughs) really are kids look it up um i forgot to queue up the episode like a fool so i think i was doing an impression of the wrong guy no, that's Paul. What are you talking about? Was that Paul Lind? Was, that, was yeah. that a good Paul Lind? Okay, good. I mean, I only know him from Match Game, so <laughs> I guess that's all of society, right? Sure. Um, we're going to watch this here show. Let me pull it up. <sighs> Andy. Yeah. Conceptually, what a cool sci-fi idea. Oh, so good. The idea of being stuck on a planet where you are in a fucking war where you cannot die. I mean, it must they must have lifted it from some some sources. I feel like I've seen it somewhere. 
pre-TNG. You, you, you know that plot from somewhere big? Yeah, I know that plot from somewhere big. What's funny is where the files were located. But so smart. Right there in Ops Protocols. The encryption protocols. system was extremely easy to break. So they wanted us to find these. Or they didn't care. Well, there's nothing of strategic value here, just some personal logs and some files on Bajoran terrorists. But it is a glimpse into the Cardassian mind. You might want to warn Kira before she sees her file. Warn me? About what? Oh, uh, Dax and Mr. O'Brien discovered some of the last prefect's personal files. There's a file on you, but you may find it disappointing. <laughs> I'm a big girl, Commander. Set up punchline, guys. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, you see it coming a mile away, but I still found. First of all, I found this the idea that they're still dealing with like little bullshit, little traps left behind by um, by the Cardassians, and that it's mm-hmm. like they want you to find it. It's just like I love that. I like that setup. It's very sp- spyish, and I <laughs> and even though it's you to see it coming a mile away, I like that it's like. <laughs> Eh, she's not much of a problem. Is like her biggest nightmare. She's a uh, it's a good it's a good performance from Nana. Sure, uh, because yes, you do see it coming a mile away, and it still is. It still it still hits. Yeah. It's here, Kai Opaka. Why would she be here? No, I know. Offered her a tour of the station. He yeah. she was like instrumental in telling him he was the what is it? He's the what is it called? <laughs> What is, is Cisco? The, uh, the, the not prophet. Oh God. The, the 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 mediator. <laughs> the, <laughs> this is bad. I apologize, Matt. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Oh, uh, <laughs> what is he? The, it's like the, the, it's like the chosen one for the Bajoran people, right? Exactly. Uh, but I so cannot she, think of. What she they told call it. him that. So I get that, but and I understand why Kira is in love with her. You know, because of you know, she's she's sort of been their leader for so long, and is this you know benevolent leader. But why is Cisco that in love with this lady? I mean, I assume it's because the 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 prophets had such a profound impact on him staying there. You know what yeah. I mean? So, I mean, but I don't know. I, I don't remember. Maybe I, maybe I don't remember that episode that much, but. Uh, emissary. He is the emissary of the prophets. Yes. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it, I. You I know, thought the they had a little the bit of a first episode. A cantankerous interaction. Maybe I'm misremembering it, but I just don't remember anything that big happening. Um. Anyway, they're all excited about Kaiopaka coming. I mean, it's a big deal because they're on a Bajoran station. You know. Uh huh. They have this the Bajoran spiritual leader who never leaves the planet coming to visit the station. It's kind of, you know, this in the eyes of, I think, everybody, including the Federation, this sort of uh, uh, legitimizes what the Federation is trying to do here. Right. You know, I think it's a, it's a politically a big deal. All right. A minor operative whose activities are limited to running errands for the terrorist leaders? Major, when you're through feeling underappreciated, perhaps you'd join me in welcoming the Kai aboard. 
I feel like the conversation right before this, Odo was talking to the security guard, going like, "So I don't really think brown's my color." (laughs) (laughs) They're amongst the ugliest uniforms in the history of (laughs) sci-fi. They're not flattering to the body. They're a terrible color. They're not threatening. They look like they were almost built to be side characters in a 60s sci-fi show that are no you're not supposed to you know they're just going to be shot mostly yeah if this by the way if this was like if you unzip the front here yeah and make it like an open jacket it's a pretty cool outfit yeah it would help it certainly yeah yeah but you need to do something else with the shoulders anyway i like shoulders (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting you chose this viewport wormhole is just out there it's a spectacular sight to see unfortunately it can only be seen when a ship enters it or exits but there's nothing scheduled for today a shame Cisco to O'Brien. Go ahead, Commander. Prepare the Yangtze Kion for launch, Chief. Kira and I are taking the Kai through the wormhole. Run away, sir. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> uh, great design on the uh, on the Bajoran outfits. I do have to say they're almost like the French artist Mobius kind of. Well, kind of primitive, but kind of cool Lord and colorful. Outfit and, is Bajoran. Well. I, then I then I withdraw that. <laughs> I didn't want to keep you from your duties, Doctor. Well, it's a slow day. Actually, t- to be honest with you, his outfit is kind of Mobius-like too. It's just it's a terrible outfit to wear around. Oh, by the way, right there at three, a very obtrusive, weird foreground extra <laughs> walking by. I can't really falter on the specific. On the specific, if you go back ten seconds, you'll see. Uh, I can't perform, you know, right. falter on the specific performance, but it's odd that they framed it this way. Blunk. I mean, look, you're just looking for a Star Wars wipe, you know, yeah. in a human form. <laughs> <laughs> you have a child, don't you? I do. I have a little girl. Yes. And her name is Bertha. Uh, No, no, it's not. (laughs) Would you give this to her for me? And ask her for 15 credits in return. (laughs) Send them post haste. Via Venmo. Thank you. (laughs) Do we find out what that is later? Wouldn't that be a spoiler? Oh, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Tell you what I did think. I was like, oh, this this will be the thing that he uses to find the Oh yeah. Show. Yeah. I was like, oh that there's a magnet situation happening with this thing. He hasn't given it to Molly yet. Yeah. But uh, no, that's not what happened. Shout out to our listener, Molly, named after Molly. Way to go, Molly. The drug, obviously, not the character. Matt, is it a we'll spoiler for me to ask who your favorite character on DS9 is? Uh, it's Cisco. It's Cisco. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah. Followed by Chief O'Brien. Uh-huh. Followed by a two-way tie 
Oh. Between now, not, this doesn't. None of this counts. Worf, by the way. Okay. And then there's a two-way tie with Bashir and Kira. Bashir, interesting. All right. Oh, Bashir's character. Yeah, I'm obviously uh, not on board yet. There's a. There's a the arc. The arc on Bashir's character is fascinating. Yeah. The wormhole in about a minute. Thank you again for indulging me. Not at all, Apaka. You honor us with your presence. Yangtze Kion to DS9. Estimated time of return, 1,400 hours. Logged in. We'll expect you then. Flight stabilization at maximum. Here we go. So far, I might go here. This is with the only, only uh, what do we got, 13 episodes? Uh, I might go Kira. <laughs> Wait a second. Odo. This far into the series, your favorite character is Kira Norris? I think so. The fuck has she done to make you her favorite? It's the attitude. It's the Bajoran attitude. I don't understand, but continue. I mean, I guess, look, I guess you're right, because as drawn so far, everyone's very bland. I mean, if you're just evaluating from competence and moments they have that are heroic, then, like, yeah, it's a tough call. Uh, I'm sort of just who is the most interesting character that I'm drawn to. Kira, uh, Odo, uh, O'Brien... Cisco, um, yeah, and then it's amazing you know, how little they do with Dax, isn't it? Yeah, Dax is like take her, take her. I know it shocks all of you, but I'm like, I don't know, there's <laughs> nothing. I got nothing so far. And uh, Bashir, I just put at the bottom just because he seems horrendous so far. <laughs> he does a couple of there's a couple of um, eighty yard lines in this where he sounds exactly like he did in that episode where everything is ADR. <laughs> maybe maybe this actor is just like Alexander Siddiq is just terrible at ADR at this point in his life. Mike dears, must be it. It would take our fastest starship over sixty seven years to get here. I'm glad I got the chance to see it. Find uh, see Bashir screaming. Is worth to Bajor in a few years. Find the uh, sound mean? sound cue Bashir screaming. It should oh, be. Um, if you can find it, it's, it should be definitely in DS9 man. sounds. Ah! Doctor! Ah! Oh, thank God! <laughs> That's a bad ADR right there. My nipples! <laughs> That's where that came from. I forgot about that. <laughs> That is to be my fate, Commander. Should I reverse course? So soon. There's not much else to show you yet. Prophecy can often be vague, Commander. That's why we must test it. I don't understand, Opaka. <laughs> like that he said it, because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> you may return. Take us back to the wormhole, Major. Coming about. Sensors are picking up a narrowband subspace signal. What do you make of it? Just a long stream of statistical data followed by a request for reply. Uh, I'm not reading any response. Launch a Class II probe. We'll follow it up later. You're not going to investigate it now? I'm not sure that's a good idea. Because of my presence? Well, there's no telling what it may be. Please, Commander. I don't get out often. Can you get a fix on the source, Major? 0.35 light years. <laughs> See, Avery Brooks is the is the <laughs> polar opposite of Scott Bakula. 
<laughs> he really is so chill and he's nice. like i'm gonna sit here and not move an inch and deliver this line to a different person but still have my face at the camera <laughs> oh that that's true also but yeah just in general finding the source it's not coming from the surface all right so they find this here uh satellite then they get uh blowed up 1100 we're holding Here's I'm not exactly clear. I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. It's all MacGuffins. I'm not exactly clear what the... It's just like sensors picking up a narrow band, subspace signal, statistical data, and request for a reply. And I'm like, well, why do they care about any of this? Well, that's like SETI. That's what, that's is that like, what that is? Yeah, it's sending out mathematical... I see. And they're just like... like it's just sort of a general kind of like, huh, that's interesting. wonder what it is. It's like, hey, is there actually, is there life out there? Uh-huh. Is there intelligent life? Maybe. Not um, on this podcast, right? Talk about, ah! uh, that's a real hilarious. Thanks. Bazinga. <laughs> Impressed that you had that ready. <laughs> 1200C, 13, So this thing gets 1300, 1300 degrees Celsius. Uh-huh. And I'm assuming that they uh, open this door pretty quickly. And no one, I wish that someone had just been like, ow, that's hot. Like, the exterior of that ship should be <laughs> that's a fucking really good molten. <laughs> Careful of her colorful robes. on a sci-fi show, Matt. A bunch of cool sets and effects. Um, if only I could create my own somehow. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had the abilities to create my own sci-fi show. But how would you I do what? it? It's <laughs> a great question. How else would you do it? crushed stay with us Opaka. stay with us this i thought was hilarious she's got she's got a couple crushed vertebrae i 100 percent thought the same thing her and upper thoracic like, vertebrae have been crushed and he's like yeah oh, let me bump on her chest i'm just gonna fucking press down as hard as i can so crazy <laughs> oh no bashir no commander Bashir doesn't doesn't even have the the, uh, the elegance of doing the uh, the live autopsy. He just fucking fucking crushes the life out of his patients. He's a killer. Stay with us, Opaka. Stay with us. Good open eye dead acting by this. Uh, this lady. <laughs> she looks so sad. I'm sorry. She shouldn't. She's seen. She's you know seeing the prophets. You know. So is the idea she's like let's go down to the planet? She's pushing for it because she has some kind of intuitive sense that that's where she belongs, and so she's just trying yes. to yeah. maneuver it yeah. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how clear it is though. It seems like it's not definitive. It's just sort of. A, I guess that's she basically says that it's all about testing in a right. direction, which actually is a good thing to to kind of remember through your life as a person who always wants you know to like have the answers has <laughs> maybe come clear from how many polls i run um uh, i think it's interesting to kind of be like well have a sense and then move in that direction and see what happens 
There's your lesson for the day. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Still no contact with Cisco? Not yet. But they're nearly three hours overdue. Three and a half. Opaka's people are on subspace to me every five minutes. Tell them one of our runabouts found a trace of a warp eddy current. It's got to be from their ship. With any luck, we should be able to determine which direction they were headed. Well, that's not going to satisfy them on Bajor. You have no idea what the Kai means to them. When they heard Cisco had taken her into the wormhole... Constable, tell them we're doing the worry, best we Ward. can, okay? Runabout Pad C. Wait, before you go, what do you both think about my uniform? <laughs> Is brown my color? <laughs> Perhaps I should. Do you think I should unzip it in the front? Should I be the glass? <laughs> should I just walk around as a giant glass all the time? It's a guy. By the way, I like this. I like the shot. I like them dropping. That's down very and atypical the for. Reverse, Tell them we're doing the, the reverse on Odo. Yeah, leaving Odo. Have the Bajoran station a ship on the Gamma side. We'll stay in close touch by subspace. Be pain in the ass to set up. Yes, yeah, I guess not. They probably that was their reverse on him. Yeah, but they're shooting on film, so getting that camera into that little pad. <laughs> no, that's true. Kira Naris and Dr. Julian Bashir. A doctor? <laughs> How ironic. I'm Golan Shalal, leader of the Ennis. Why are you here? We were attacked by one of your satellites. Our ship was damaged and we crashed. Of course, Commander. But why did you come here? We were exploring. We recently discovered a permanent wormhole linking our quadrant of the galaxy with yours. I command a space station at the mouth of that wormhole. You know nothing of our home planet. You know nothing of the punishment. We're just beginning to explore this sector. As I said, our home is on the other side of the galaxy. Uh, Major. I'm all right. The hell you are. Wait, what she happened to her? Tri- she was just yeah, injured in the just- crash. She just decided that things hurt now. <laughs> they kind of forget about that, don't they? Or they she sure he helps her. Um, Jonathan Banks is fantastic. He's always fantastic. It's funny when you think about his career. You were not a Breaking Bad fan, right? I uh, did not watch the show. Yeah, Matt, you really. It's not like I. It's not like I watched it and decided it wasn't for me. I just hadn't ever watched it. Really, do yourself a favor. I know you got a lot. A Look, lot I have Jonathan Banks' best performance committed to memory. Beverly Hills Cop? The, no. <laughs> Commissioner <laughs> Gordon in Arkham Knight. Oh, I didn't know that he was Commissioner Gordon. That's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um. Anyway, he's just fantastic in this episode. And I think it's it's really... I, I, I think... Was it the same casting director for DS9 as TNG? I would assume. Because I really feel like thus far they've been very interesting, some theatrical choices, but it's been really a high level for the guest cast in, in the kind of way where it's like, let's just fucking get the fucking ringers. And they're not necessarily the most famous, but the fucking people are going to just really deliver. Because it's such a a, a nuanced great performance and by the other guy the other um leader um it's really nice and i was a huge airman trout fan on that was his character on breaking bad and better call Saul. spoiler 
We maintain a constant vigil. Did you just say spoiler? <laughs> spoiler. Jonathan Banks is in Vader Call Saul. But it's a prequel. How could that be a spoiler? <laughs> All right, then it's a spoiler the other way. <laughs> <laughs> this is an energy weapon. Yes. Vienna stopped using directed energy weapons centuries ago. Not damaging enough. Wait. Your arrival complicates matters. Is he saying centuries ago in this prison that they've been trapped in? Or is he saying centuries ago, but going back to the war? What? He just what said they mean? stopped... They Doesn't stopped he just using mean centuries ago, huh? Doesn't he just mean centuries ago? I don't know. He could be meaning centuries ago because they've been on the planet for centuries. This trapped in this prison for centuries, or he could mean yeah, but we don't we don't know that yet. Yeah, we don't know. That's why I'm asking. Say it. I assume he's talking about. I assume it was there to be like, hey, we're not primitive dum dums. We had these weapons. Right. Like, we're actually more advanced than you, yeah. even though we don't look it. Yeah. And that is beyond my influence. You don't control the satellites. We're all prisoners on this moon. Then this is a penal colony. My immediate concern is your partisanship. By your very presence here, you'll be considered our allies. All your lives are in danger. The latest victims of our enemy, the Nolanis. Where are your doctors? We have none. You have no medical personnel? How do you survive without... We were thrust into this situation with few resources. Since you're here under similar circumstances, I was hoping we'd be of some help to each other. This should make you feel better. Major... Is this the wrong time to ask you out on a date? (laughs) I would have done anything. It's all so senseless. I tried to re-break her vertebrae with that CPR. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning. Anyway. We can, but understand, we can't take sides in your battle. It doesn't matter what I understand if the null capture you. Oh, wait, did he just explain the Federation to you, finally? Dr. Bashir will give you any medical assistance he can, but understand, we can't take sides in your battle. It doesn't matter what I understand if the null capture you. We're in the middle of a pretty ugly war. I gather that. Chela says his people will protect us from the enemy in exchange for your services. Well, perhaps I can train some of them in the basics of field triage. Do whatever you can. How's the shoulder, Major? I live. I still have to run a neuromuscular scan on her when we get back. Don't count on a quick rescue. This moon is some kind of high-security prison colony. Um, blah, blah, blah. Then she comes back from the dead. Somebody should have just looked at Bashir and gone like, you are a terrible doctor, because she's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I like that his reaction. I think there's some animals fighting outside. Do you want to join them? 
now, but I feel bad for whatever's happening. I feel like you might get out there and have a good time. <laughs> Jesus. I'm trying to decide if you guys can hear it or not. Um, I wonder if that was what was going on before. Now I can't make sense of anything that's happening outside, but it's scary. I tried to live in the city. I don't like all you you rural <laughs> the, the the activity that happens in the in the rural areas. <laughs> I can't get away from it. <laughs> Give them sirens, distant gunfire, and the occasional <laughs> honk. <laughs> that is how I feel comfortable. Then the rumble of a subway. He's good. <laughs> Her vital signs appear to be normal. But I could have sworn she was... I was there, Doctor. Oh, Parker, are you aware of what happened? The surface was approaching so quickly. I must admit, I... I closed my eyes, Commander. There was a deafening whine. I, I felt the impact. A wall of heat seemed to... pass through me. And, and then, nothing. After we crashed, we pulled you from the wreckage, but you were... Dead. How do you explain this, Doctor? Although she appears to be normal, her physiology has been radically altered. How? I'm not sure. The tricorder indicates some kind of biomechanical presence at a cellular level. Biomechanical? You mean something artificial? I wish I could tell you. Whatever it is, it seems to be directly controlling her metabolic processes. Is she in any danger? I'm sorry to keep saying it, Commander, but I really don't know. If the runabout's computer were... I generally don't know anything. <laughs> I like that he admits Julian it, but it, it is hilarious that when she's back alive, she's like, her vital signs appear to be normal, but but I could have sworn she was like... You just overlooked that she was alive. <laughs> you see this tricorder? This says, this is red. When it's red, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it was red. <laughs> um... Not even a I also like that that is the act break that she's alive. That's good writing. This is a really well constructed episode. Um, and I love, and you know, you talk about, well, I like Kira. Kira's like shooting, ro- shooting the rocks to kill everybody. She's like kicking ass. She's a fun character. She's a rock shooter. A rock. Something, something. All right, thank you. Is that a spinal tap reference? Was approximately two, three, zero. No, that was a heartbreaker. Oh, heartbreaker. Love maker. Um, the other thing is, I think it was about this, well, I don't know, maybe it was about five minutes before, but I was like, <laughs> I laughed because I was like, aha, it's another penal colony episode. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I thought of that um, as I was watching it, and I was like, but, you know, it, the difference the difference here is that at no point yeah do they try to keep them captive who 
do they try to keep Bashir and Cisco and Kira captive? No, that you're right, and that is an element of why this is kind of it's like Jonathan Banks, even though he's like a fanatic and the other guys a fanatic, they're reasonable. At least Jonathan Banks is. It's like, look, we're trapped on this planet. We just want to kind of get off. We want to get help. I want to get help from my people. He's kind of intelligent, and playing. They're playing the character at the top of his intelligence. And uh, and just obviously the the twist is incredibly clever, and it's not about the normal. We got to escape from this planet thing. It's and even even Cisco for Cisco, it's like they're going to come and rescue us in a matter of days. It's not like in a, a question, which is a very unusual move for a Star Trek show because usually right. all of the drama is put on. Can we escape this? It's very interesting, which leaves you to kind of think more about the issues. The thematic issues. It's it's very well done. Um, and I also say that the gunfights that, that they have in this episode are very early Battlestar Galactica Buck Rogers. And I kind of enjoyed them. They don't necessarily fit in a Star Trek show, but I enjoyed them. <laughs> well, they're in their own show down here on this planet. Oh, yeah, they, they're planet. totally right. Yeah. I'll see to his protection. Paco's really getting into the headgear stuff. I'll help them by creating this headgear. I'm creating a series of hats. I would like to know more about (laughs) this breakthrough myself. Your doctor acts as though he's seen a miracle. He's not alone. Well, if you'd lived with it as we have, you'd see it as a curse. How long have you been here? It feels like an eternity. It's all part of the punishment. What is this punishment, Sherlock? Everything here is designed to prolong our suffering. What was your crime? The Ennis and the Noel Ennis. Our ancient enemies. Generation after generation, we fought the same war. The leaders of our planet were unable to mediate a peace. Finally, they sent us all here and told us that we would serve as an example for the rest of civilization. How did your fight begin? <laughs> I'm saying it was what? I was like curious about the director, so I clicked. Um, I clicked through onto Paul Lynch, and he directed ten episodes of Star Trek over the course of eighty-seven to ninety-three. Huh. And I'm like, oh, only ten? Why yeah. only ten? Usually, these guys would have been like doing like twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this quote from Will Lin- Will Wheaton. <laughs> it's very funny. funny. He goes. Paul Paul Lynch, who directed this episode, he's talking about the naked now. When he's talking about this about Paul Lynch, he says uh, directed several episodes of TNG over the years. He was an Englishman who was always extremely wound up, red faced, sweating profusely, and infamous <laughs> for saying "energy, energy, energy," and 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 action before takes. He did this before every take, regardless of whether or not the scene actually called for energy, 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 or not. <laughs> During production of uh, a later episode in the scene when Brent had the first line, Paul did his and, 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 and action thing. And instead of starting the scene, Brent looked at Paul and said very seriously, can I get another and, please? (laughs) (laughs) To which Paul replied, yes, and, 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 and action. (laughs) Good job, Brent. Very funny. Some say it was land. It's not really very relevant now. 
And what do you hope to gain by continuing? Vengeance. Oh. Ironically, do you know what the last episode of TNG was that uh, Paul Lynch directed? Um, no. The first duty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, chatbot. <laughs> All of us have seen our family suffer incredibly at the hands of the Knoll. The Knoll can say the very same thing. And probably do. If you must fight your war, the least you can do is learn to fight it more effectively. Major, this is not our... What do you mean? There were no guards at the entrance when we arrived. You have no system to alert your forces of an attack. Your people are obviously unprepared for fighting close quartered. That's enough, Major. We're trapped on this moon with only his forces between us and damnation. We have to defend ourselves to stay alive. Now, when the Knoll attack again, we I have said to... that's enough! We have to be ready! This is not your war, Kira. Hmm. We used to defend ourselves better, Major. Safety perimeters counterattacks, preemptive strikes. And then we realized that it was all pointless. He's when so you cease to fear death, the rules of war change. You'll understand as the years begin to pass, Major. Listen to me, Shela. Our rescue is not going to take years. Days, weeks, maybe. But they will find us. And then they'll penetrate the defense net and transport us out of here. Then you will be luckier than we have been. We'd be willing to transport all of you away from here if that's what you want. Away from here. To live one life, to die in peace. To us, this is an ancient prayer that has never been answered, Commander. This is ancient, so I assume they've been here hundreds of years. Thousands, I assumed. Oh, maybe. Which is also like funny to me, like that they have not progressed past this squabbling. A hundred percent. That uh, that that you think the fact that they couldn't die would have made like at it some point, like, like vampires yeah. that are like, "Yeah, this is crazy. I'll try this. I'll try this." But they're yeah. just like just fucking locked in it, which I guess is probably they, a great metaphor for war. Yeah, they should not be probably like, it is. They should be tuckered out. <laughs> but you know that's what, I mean? what that's what's kind of perfect about it as I'm talking about it is that is as dumb as humanity is. We just keep repeating the same mistakes because we're locked into our anger and our fear and our ego. Right. Appropriately there's you would- those animals going fucking nuts outside. I'm hoping it's them having sex. Why don't you go yell at them? You won't die, you know. <laughs> You'll true. just keep coming back. <laughs> this is hopeless. But I will talk. If he will. Um Bashir gets the computer working. Very exciting stuff. Nice agreed to listen to your proposals. Good. When? Uh, and then we get some nice development with Kira and Kai, uh, which I liked. They're content to die. I've always fought to stay alive. Oh. 
I don't want you to have the wrong impression of me, Opaka. Just what impression do you think I have? Did it... Did, did I enjoy any of this? I... I don't enjoy fighting. I, yes, I've... I fought my entire life, but for a good cause, for our freedom, our independence. And it was, it was brutal and ugly and... But that's over for me now. That's, that's not who I am. I, I, I don't want you to think that I am this violent person without a soul, without a conscience, that that, that is not who I am. So interesting that this is almost the subplot. Don't deny the violence inside of you, Kira. I think it's clearly the subplot because let, of how the show started. Let her finish it. No, I'm saying better things. What about the opaca? <laughs> Only when you accept it can you move beyond it. I've known nothing but violence since I was a child. In the eyes of the prophets, we are all children. This is really great. much to learn from peace. I kind of... I'm afraid the prophets won't forgive me. They're just waiting for you to forgive yourself. From afar, when I had a sense that there was all this this kind of uh, spiritual mumbo jumbo in DS9. I, that was part of the thing. I was just like, eh, I don't think I'm going to be into that. This is great. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really useful spiritual advice. I think it's a really great meditation on war and what it does to you. What are you laughing at, I'm you jackass? Laughing at you because you are in a special place right now, and I'm just going <laughs> to let you. I'm just going to let you. <laughs> Feel your feelings, and I, it's okay, but I'm laughing at it. I'm allowed to enjoy this show in any way that I see fit. Absolutely. Um, um, I think it's like, it's also a great meditation on war and like, and you know, and, and you know, that you do things that you, well, this is the only way to do this. And this is the, the thing that the, the, you know, I'm pursuing justice or, or protecting my people. And then you have to, you know, you obviously is, is evidence here she's done horrible things in pursuit of that uh those ends and has tremendous guilt and and you know attacks herself about it i just think it's really uh i don't know it's interest it's in that's interesting uh thought on war that that kira the most aggressive character would it's sort of early in the run to do this but uh would sort of have this this moment where she has to delve into that, um, but it makes sense that she would do that for the Kai, um, and the Kai's sort of healing words of like you know, well that you're just blaming yourself for that. The the prophets don't hold it against you. They know we're all trying to just get by. I don't know. I like I like it all, and it's as I said, it's. It's not even the main thing in this episode. 
Right. You could argue the main thing this episode isn't resolved. At the end of it, it's just sort of like they don't go, all right, well, we'll stop fighting now, which is the way it would have been done in any other Star Trek show. It's like, well, we're leaving the Kai here. The Kai will figure it out, hopefully. I mean, I think uh, I, I think she she I think she will. Yeah, I hope so. I'm rooting for Jonathan. Approaching. I'm rooting for you, Kai Opaka. Six, three moons. No change in the hysteresis curve. Probe C approaching planet seven. No change. <sighs> Classic Dax. What are we doing here anyway? <laughs> that could be 20 light years from here and we wouldn't have the first clue probe a approaching planet three one moon chief probe a measuring a point zero zero one two fluctuation in the hysteresis curve it's the third planet no look it isn't we're picking up something from its moon laying in a new course full impulse Oh, that's a nice touch. I didn't. I wasn't. Didn't process that before. So he thinks it's from the planet, and they're like, "No, it's built on the moon." She's like, "No, it's built on the moon." Yes, that's smart. I like. There's like no indication too of the civilization they left behind. Like I like to think that the planet is gone. That civilization is gone. Yeah. And these these warring factions are the only and thing left. I apologize. I I missed this part in the in the. Banks thing. Who were the people that punished them for their warring? Do you remember? I thought it was their own people. Their own people. Why did they blame them in particular? Just because they wouldn't quit fighting? Maybe they had the longest hair. (laughs) Rather like nanites in a way. I should have a complete analysis from the computer in a few minutes. What's going on? Talks about a ceasefire. No kidding. How do you arrange that? I told them we'd transport them off this moon. Isn't that a bit like assisting a jailbreak? I don't need you to interpret the prime directive for me, Doctor. Yes, sir, of course. I only meant that... Whatever crimes they've committed, they've paid for a hundred times over. They've been altered somehow and been abandoned by their world. I believe the Federation would recognize them as separate and unique. Yes, sir. Well, I should be checking on that analysis. Very, it's also very unusual for Star Trek show so, to have like one of the characters be sort of. You are the leader of the. Um, obtusely in the wrong, just like oh yes, I guess I suppose that's true. They've <laughs> uh, been punished for centuries. <laughs> no, but like also like raising the questions that the audience might have if they're Star Trek fans. Yeah, that's fair about the Prime Directive, etc. That's fair. Bashir is us, Andy. That's where you're going to learn to love him. He ain't me. <laughs> He's got as much medical knowledge as both of us. Oh, that's fair. The Federation is made up of over a hundred planets who have allied themselves for mutual scientific, cultural, and defensive benefits. The mission my people and I are on is to explore the galaxy. But Such not the a truth. Purpose. <laughs> There'll be no reward for our release, you know. You would be in a fool as usual. A fool who always manages to outwit you, Shilla, as I have proven over and over again. You care to die once again, all you need to do is ask. If you've had enough of this. This is sort of the part where it like falls apart a little bit for me, where it's like, why not? Why not just like go, okay, since we can't die, here's everybody. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. That was that's like, me too. Yeah. 
It also, what would be interesting is he said Jonathan Banks' take is that it's Shella's take is that they. It's like, well, we we can't die, so we gave up on even having smart battle tactics. And I kind of feel like if you were this aggressively engaged, you would start to change your battle tactics to incorporate the fact that you can't die and then they would figure out other ways to like maybe dismembering everyone or trapping them under rocks or doing something like you know they would do things to I feel like the nanites would rebuild them yeah maybe the nanites would just free them the nanites interesting or interesting that like that's very so similar to nanobots Borg like isn't that what they are what do you mean I know but I don't know I thought sort of thought what by the time we I like up. to think that uh, uh, Jonathan Banks's character had this part of his head chopped off. Uh-huh. The nanobots, the nanobots grew it back together, but didn't know how to make hair. <laughs> it could be. Seems like it would make sense. His eye too. You're only yeah here to be a mediator. But if you ask for an alternative, I'll give you one. We're listening. In a matter of days, when our rescue party arrives. I can arrange to transport you and your people off this moon if both sides can only cooperate until then. Slanko, they will resettle us on different planets. If that's what you wish. The two of you seem to have discussed this plan in detail. Of course, his crew has been with us for two days. Explain why you chose to ally yourself with the Ennis. We have allied ourselves with no one. One of your people fired a weapon at us. We were defending ourselves. I think you're lying. I don't know the alien, but I know Shela. I know how his mind works. I promise you, this is an Ennis trick to lure our entire population out of hiding so they can be slaughtered. That's not true. Then the Ennis are surely willing to make the first gesture of peace. Let them bring all of their people out of hiding first to prove their honorable intentions. <laughs> Do you think that I would allow a single no to escape this planet alive? No more than I would let an Ennis go free. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, we're gonna kill you again. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because they, maybe it's just sort of partly like Jonathan Banks always sort of has this kind of performance of someone who sees the whole chessboard more than everyone else and is long suffering about it. Like that's his whole thing in Better Call Saul. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of playing that same note here, but at the same time, that's why it feels like a little bit false that he, in this moment, when there's a chance of them escaping this eternal prison, that he would still go, no, I have to kill you. I'm sorry, Commander, but I've discovered we can't afford to die here. Not even once. I like that. Yeah, Bashir's just, you know, action man. Jumping, uh, jumping, saving, saving, jumping and saving. They're all dead for now. 
<laughs> he puts his track order away. It'd be funny if the the robots just are like these little Wally bots that are just like do 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 do. Just fix them. The trash bots come Go out ahead, from Chief. disco. I can barely read you. Is everyone all right? We're alive, but the Yangtze Kion was destroyed. Will you be able to beam us up? Not quite yet, Commander. We've got to find a way to penetrate this network of satellites. They're making it impossible for us to lock onto anything down there. Understood. But those satellites will come after you if you get too close. They're armed. One of them cut us down without any trouble at all. Yeah, we figured as much. Let me know before you're ready to make an attempt. Acknowledged. We're ground now. We have to talk to the Kai. Uh, blah blah blah. Hey, Kai, can you go? You want to stay in? You must tell our people, Kira, that I have answered the call of the prophets. I was brought here because it is time for these people to begin their healing process, just as you were brought here to begin yours. You know, all we really need to do is find a way to create a gap in the net. Maybe a photon would destroy one of the satellites. Maybe, but you'd think they'd build a defense network with that in mind. You shoot one, the rest might swarm up like they and horn flies. We need to go for something simpler. All I need is about a fifteen percent increase in the opening in the net. Rio Grande, Cisco. Go ahead, Chief. We're gonna try to poke a hole up here, sir. If you're about ready to end your stay. Only three of us are coming back. Kaiopaka is remaining. Benjamin, please confirm. Did you say we're not transporting the Kai? That's correct. I'll explain later. We need a few minutes, Commander. Rio Grande out. Leaving without us. My analysis of these microbes that keep you alive showed that if you were to leave this moon, you would die. And there is no end. <laughs> Commander, shouldn't he also be like, "Okay, let's go"? <laughs> that's what I was just wondering. Isn't this just like that's what he wanted? Isn't that his out? Like his yeah. out? Like I like to think that he eventually gets the shuttle working. Yeah, and then they just take it out, die. <laughs> On this world, Doctor. Wait, what is Bashir's issue in that following speech? He's saying it's not about letting them die, right? Or is it? In the one you just skipped over. Isn't it? Like, isn't he like, hey, we could reprogram these things? And there is no end. To do, to let them go or to to let them let them die? I find myself caught in a moral dilemma. As much as I am dedicated to the preservation of life, I wonder if we shouldn't help these people put an end to this torture. Yeah. How right. could you do that? Anything that can be programmed can be reprogrammed. If I could disable the mechanism in these microbes, they should no longer function when someone is killed, and these people would finally be able to die. You've seen our life here. Please, it's the only solution left. You give us a way to reprogram these microbes, it will put an end to this war. You really think the fear of death will end the fighting? Never has in any other war. No. 
But it will allow us to finally win to wipe out the knoll for good. That's the only problem, is he had the this wrong world, approach Doctor, there. your disabled microbes would be the ultimate weapon. We could finally and truly destroy our enemies. Rio Grande Right, yeah. And that, that again is like, they've sort of presented him as long-suffering, smart Jonathan Banks, and then there he reverts to, no, kill first. And, and well, I that, and that part is he I don't wants know it, to win. I guess it's I don't know. I guess it it's it's actually more accurate to reality than is accurate to the character that they've set up. Humanity would be that stupid that that's what they would do. But um, I feel like this character seems like he's been more aware of the reality of their suffering and and yeah. we go like no no just let us die. Pucker. If we can ever find a way. My work is here now, Commander. I'd say I'm worried about you, but you're gonna be fine. But your pa and mine <laughs> will cross again. Would you like to buy one of my necklaces? <laughs> I am still waiting for a Venmo from <laughs> your <laughs> chief of operations. <laughs> Tell him the fact that I'm trapped on this planet doesn't let her her daughter off the hook. I can get a Venmo signal, just not a transporter <laughs> signal. Okie dokie. That's an episode. Some huh? people say it's a good episode. Some people say it's a bad episode. We just say how many... Andy's it gets after we award the envies. <laughs> uh, it's a winding road. <laughs> well, it's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Get over there! Do we have a DS9 MVC? I feel we like do, we're... I'm not playing it, though. Right, I chose to good. play the shorter one. No problem, sorry. Um, MVC. You ask, you ask every time. I do. And then I play it, and you go, oh, it's long. Yeah. Uh, I thought we had a short one, too. Uh, MVC, let's see. Uh, I guess Cisco is the one who makes all the smartest decisions. Although, you know, Bashir does figure out what's going on with Opaka eventually and these people, and he does help Kira. Um, but Chief O'Brien finds them. Pretty Chief O'Brien does find them. Although he would have been looking on the on the planet, you know, if it wasn't for Dax saying, "No, no, they're on the moon." Yes, it would have cost them <laughs> upwards of twenty minutes. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, Chief O'Brien is pretty valuable. He does rescue them, essentially. If he had just sent the Venmo. You could also argue that Cisco accomplishes nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean... It's Cisco's decision that also gets the Opaka sent down there in the first place, although she's sort of instrumental. That's what she wanted. Yeah. Um, So I guess it depends what you value. I'm going to give it to Chief O'Brien. You've convinced me. Because, like, the most valuable... I think the most valuable crew member... To, to Kai Opaka is Cisco. Right. But to the Federation, it's congratulations, Chief O'Brien. Now, we'll give it some Andes. How you many ready, Andes? Everybody? That's the question. How many, How many Andes, Andes does, does this, this episode, episode get? get? How many Andes does this episode get? It's very good. It's not 
fun. But I guess you can't judge everything on fun. Um, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> uh, is that what this podcast lives by? Look, it's not fun, but uh, um, it's definitely it's got so many different great themes and great performances and such a great sci-fi twist. Uh, I give it an 8.5. I'm going to give it an 8. An 8. An 8. I'm going to give it a 7. I think it's good. Certainly worth your time. Yeah. But there are some logic issues that, like, are a little concerning. Yeah, that's fair. Mostly with Jonathan Banks' race uh, and their ultimate goals and unanswered questions which are there narratively for a purpose but i'm like man it doesn't quite jive but i'm kind of with you a good experience there's also something even though i i praise all these individual aspects of it and i stand by them there is something that's kind of like when i say it's not fun it's like it's just shy of gripping somehow it's like all the pieces are high quality ingredients Mm -hmm. um and I think that has to do with the the story, how the story itself plays out, which kind of ties a little bit into what you're saying. I'm going to stick with the eight, but yeah, it is it is slacking somehow. You know, fuck it. I'm going down to a 7.5. Wow. I didn't mean to do that, everybody. I'm I did it to, I did to myself. So sorry. Please accept my apologies. I went from 8.5 to 7.5. <sighs> Well, I talked myself into a 7.5. Um, do you nonetheless, that we are not going to get a hold of Avery Brooks's bald head and goatee until season four. Whoa, really? Crazy, right? Wow. Not even the goatee. I you didn't get the goatee earlier? I don't think the goatee comes into play. Interesting. For a bit either. Wow, he really... Pretty wild stuff. They must have really fought him on it. I bet he wanted to do it earlier. Oh, he did. He wanted to do it from the get-go. Yeah. But they were like, no, you'd be too much like uh, Hawk <laughs> and Spencer for hire. Yeah. Um. Anyway. How many, how many seasons of DS9 are there? Seven. seven. Yep. It's the magic number. Every yep. series was seven until Enterprise came and destroyed that. Yep. Uh, well, mine, of course. T- TOS only made three. I get it. Shut up, everybody. Stop it. <laughs> I understand. Okay. <laughs> Don't email in. Thank you. Uh, trailer. We... Is there a trailer for this one? We've been having that trouble lately of finding these uh, DS9 trailers. Um, so let's see. Is there a trailer for the storyteller? Let's find out. Mm, there is. No, not is this not the trailer? That's not for D Space Nine. That's for a movie called The Storyteller. 
Um, there's a 23-minute review. <laughs> uh, no. No trailer. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, keep well, laughing, okay? There's no trailer. That's an interesting turn of turn of situation. Yeah. All right. Well, All right, everyone, guys. we'll see you soon. Stay tuned. Keep your keep your ears dialed to this pod location, and uh, you'll get another one before the end of the month. God bless. Thanks to your friends in the Patreon and Andy's weird polling. Good day. This is a joke.